Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of iCast Fireball, an actual play 5-in-D&D &D adventure where we go through the campaign, A Tyranny of a Dragons. I'm Tom, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Fleepo. So, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about where we left the Jinx Squad previously. Having uh, no opportunity to discuss what they did in the remaining month in Waterdeep, uh, they were immediately thrust, narratively, into the... Council of Waterdeep, meeting with Leoson beforehand, checking in, sharing information, and finally looking at the box, the treasure chest from Resmir, to look at the blue dragon mask. Unfortunately, discovering that the blue dragon mask was not there. And although there was quite a few gems, coin, and just uh, wealth to be had in that treasure chest, it did not please Lance which prompted him to leave and led to a very heartfelt, very information-filled conversation between Mal and Lance. While Fleeple picked up the pieces, prepared himself, and all three of them entered in, walking in with Leosin, promising to assist where um, they be called upon, and promising to share their experience as they are the boots on the ground. That is where we join our adventurers this week. So... The three of you following after Leoson, walking into the massive grand chamber. It is a circular chamber with seats all around in tiers, almost like bleachers, but more refined, more elegant. The chairs are very fine. Some of them more fine than others, but there does appear to be a central location, not only in the center for someone to speak, but there is a chair on the south side of the room, which has a couple of chairs, one of them be the most ornate chair in the entire room, however, being placed there where the king themselves are able to sit and hear the proceedings. There are a number of individuals already in this room, and most of the chairs, surprisingly, to, at least to Leosin, are filled. There are, as I mentioned, a couple tiers worth of chairs, and I'd say there are good, probably 85 individual, 85 chairs that are either filled or going to be filled by the time everybody shows up. And there are people from all walks of life here. You have elves who their clothing is more plant than it is material. You have dwarves who are laughing raucously while they are chugging down an ale at the beginning uh, before the meeting begins you have tieflings who are casting uh, spells to, for, for one another and uh, exchanging notes with uh, some humans regarding uh, their spell books and you have some furbolgs that are examining their staff and you have uh, some that are uh, in very fine clothing water tavian clothing as well then you have some orcs not many but at least two and they seem to be sitting by themselves in the very back but mal you pick up on it immediately as you make eye contact with them both of them look down at you and just nod solemnly towards you the rest of the hall is filled with just a variety of people uh, races uh 
color, lineage, uh, class, there is a true melting pot here in this room. And it seems that every walk and uh, shape of life seems to be accounted for here. The room goes silent after a few moments of you sitting there and everybody stands as the king, King Conrad, enters the room with two uh, attendants, two people walking behind him. He sits in his chair and as he sits, everybody sits down to the ground. There is a formal announcement of the meeting beginning calling the meeting to order, the minutes being read from the previous meeting, but this one being a special conference. We recognize this special conference being brought together, requested even, by the Harper organization. Led not only by their leader, Remy Haventry, who has recently undergone, undergone an unfortunate loss with her husband being passing, but also under the direction and persistence of one of their head members, Leosin. And he gestures to Leosin, who nods and gestures to the rest of the room, acknowledging his presence and who he is. At this time, with no additional business to conduct, we pass the time over to the Harper organization. Leosin, the floor is yours. And Leosin stands up, shaking a little bit, but having heroism, even though cast a few minutes ago, emboldening him as he looks to you, Fleeple, and just uh, clutching his pendant of Bahamut, walks to the center of the chamber. <clears throat> Friends, colleagues, strangers, everyone here from all walks of life, you have been summoned, requested, pled with to show and represent not only your organization, your class, your race, but your belief system to discuss something of utmost importance that is threatening silently and not so silently threatening the very land of Faerun. I apologize if I seem earnest or if I seem dire with anything that I say, but my urgency is true, my urgency is real, and I wish to discuss the threat that the cult of the dragon has upon the lands of Faerun at this time. The room not erupting into any raucous noise. There's just some slight murmurs as some people turn and discuss some things with each other as Leosin continues to go on in his speech. They are have been made aware that this is why they were brought to this position. They were brought down to their variety, uh, to their separate homelands to discuss the cult of the dragon so it's no surprise to them i wish to allow discussion to be made but if you would allow me the time to express some of the findings and fears that we have that i have and the harper organization shares we can present the facts up front and allow questions to be asked during but mainly after so that we can prevent uh, confusion uh, wandering discussion, and, um, uh, well, just overall chaos in the meeting. I am going to roll a performance check for Leosin here just to see how he's going to be well-received, how well he is going to be to pass his information on in this large proceeding here. His first leg, Leosin, the nerves have gotten to him just a little bit, so the next information will be a little bit shaky, but we will continue. Um, 
I was researching uh, of my own volition into the Cult of the Dragon quite some time ago, just to um, make sure that they were in check. We had heard rumors of their uh, continued, uh, rather growing um, influence this side of the Honorok Desert, um, as they previously had been uh, working within that realm and further to the east, closer to uh, the Wizards of Thay and their organization. We, um, uh, we just wanted to investigate them, to check in and see what was going on. And we, there was some increased foot traffic and there was some increased recruiting uh, going on in some of the major cities and... And, uh, well, uh, not to ramble on too much about that, I had found myself um, in a little town of Greenest where I had uh, identified where the Cult of the Dragon was going to hit. It appeared that they were attacking some local villages near Greenest, and for those of you unfamiliar, that's in the southeastern portion of Faerun, and they were trying to gather a lot of um, uh, wealth and bring it to bring it where we weren't sure, but it seems that they were robbing and raiding these villages. Um, and uh, his nervousness is definitely starting to show, and he's starting to lose a few people. Lance? Lance is going to lean over to Fleeple as that's being shown, and, I, and he's just going to whisper to Fleeple, he's being a pretty bad constable right now. I think he needs a good constable to back him up. Uh, would it be improper? Impropriety. What? What is the word? Improper. Improper. Yes. Yes. I was trying to think of impropriety, but I was trying to make it more complicated. You, than you it had the draconic word in your mind, but but you couldn't get it into the common one. Yes. Would it be improper if I were to just like jump on down there and be like, "Hey, everybody, all of the most proper and powerful people in the Sword Coast, listen to me for a moment." Lance just kind of thinks about that and thinks of how much he hates this pompousness of the circumstance and just how he's like all these people are acting like oh we're so important but yet they all have flaws yet they're they just have more money to cover it up and he just thinks of like this little kobold just showing them all up and being like i'm here to tell you what's up it just gives him so much joy and lance just like as Filippo asks that question he just kind of looks at him and go i think you've got this spot Oh boy, uh, might as well. I'll pat myself on the back and I'll like grab a scroll out of my satchel so it at least looks like I have some reason to be approaching and I will kind of start heading down there into the middle and I will reach up with my scroll, kind of hand it up towards Leoson and kind of tug on his robe. And when he looks down, just to be like, do you need a little bit of help here? Uh, um, uh, it, yeah, that might be good. Uh, and uh, in Greenest, I was, um, uh, after being dragged to their camp, I actually encountered a unique individual, a unique uh, group of individuals. Um, if I may introduce uh, the... Uh, the first member uh, who is by my side here, uh, Fleeple. Um, he's a kobold who I thought was a part of the Court of the Dragon, only to find out he was there to rescue me. Um, he had infiltrated this uh, caldera uh, where the cult had resided, and he was part of... Um, uh, he was my ally in that time. Fleeple, uh, 
I, I turn the time over briefly to Fleeple, uh, with the uh, king's and the council's permission, of course, as he gestures to the south portion. It was my intent to bring uh, a specialist, or rather, um, as I have some general information, Fleeple and his two other members of his adventuring party, uh, who they call themselves the Jank Squad, uh, they have... Uh, key details that others might find not only important but wish to follow up on uh, to know specifics about the cult. And as he's looking towards the king, uh, the king nods and gestures towards um, you, Fleeple, uh, to take the stand. Uh, yes, Fleeple, uh, you may share not only the results of the caldera, uh, but anything else that you deem fit uh, near the beginning of what we were discovering of the cult of the dragon. I will turn towards the entirety of the crowd and I will clutch my amulet, my talisman, which is dedicated to Bahamut. And I will turn first towards everybody and say, Bahamut Troth, blessings of Bahamut upon you all. And I will spread my wings in front of everybody to let the sort of slight platinum twinkling of the scales dazzle everybody in front of me. There is a big shock and murmur of just like this is um with the with uh kobold giving uh the greeting to bahamut or rather the uh devotion to bahamut with platinum tipped wings it is a unique sight to behold and there is some urn where leosin was losing people you have now drawn people back into this conversation without needing to roll currently all right, and I continue my spiel. Hear the words, please, of a servant chosen by the Platinum Dragon to bring salvation to the Sword Coast and all of its surrounding environs. From the smallest of villages to the largest of cities, there lie underneath the surface servants of Tiamat, the queen of the Chromatic Dragons. From the smallest reaches of greenest a little farming village in the middle of nowhere to the very bowels of Neverwinter itself, we have encountered people who serve the Queen of Dragons. We have found them in places we would not have suspected to find them. There may be some in this very room. Who knows? Ooh, at that, there is a... There's some, there's some murmurs, and somebody uh, actually stands up in the back. It is uh, a member of the Emerald Enclave. Uh, stands up and this is uh, an elf uh, who stands up and uh, shouts above the din of of voices and goes now you say that these uh, the cult is serving Tiamat we have always known that but what what do you mean that they are directly serving Tiamat the cult of the dragon has merely been an organization that has tried to enhance dragons life after death what danger do they pose more than that? I mean, we have encountered them trying to uh, create Dracoliches, which, of course, is a danger. But what has changed? What do you mean that they are embedding themselves into the cities and serving Tiamat more openly, more brazenly? Is that what you're referring to? If so, how does that differ from them uh, raising Dracoliches? Tell me, my honored friend, my fellow servant of the Earth itself, have you always been in a position of power within the Emerald Enclave? Why, of course. Of course I have not. It starts with devotion. It starts with moving up and then uh, finding yourselves in a, in a 
in a spot where uh, you can step up when no one else can. And your ambitions have grown since the days when you were a young one. Well, no more than any of the other alliances here, and those ambitions is to uh, bring peace, stability, and, uh, uh, you know, our, our ambitions are good. They are well-intentioned. Well, an organization grows similarly, though once they were a mere child of an organization interested only in what happened in the afterlife of dragons, they too have stepped up where they have seen no one else step up to fill in the desires of their master, the queen of dragons. We have seen their actions. And I will reach into my satchel and pull out Mondath's robes. We have spoken to people who seek to bring Tiamat back into the material plane from the Nine Hells itself, and we have slain them where they stood. And at on that note, Lance will actually start reaching into his bag. And I didn't realize this till I just looked at my notes. I have four daggers of the Cult of the Dragon. Lance will reach in and just start throwing them into the center uh, where I believe uh, Fleeple is at the podium. To like symbolize the fight that we've had with numerous factions of this group. As uh, as Fleeple was talking about to bring um, Tiamat back from the Nine Hells, before he could finish, and he had to raise his voice to finish what he was saying, there is an uproar of responses. People are yelling out to being like, you can't possibly know that, while a dwarf yells out and be like, I knew it! I've known it all along! I could have seen it! We needed to root at that evil from the start! While some people are talking to each other, some of the wizards being like, how could that be possible? Her being uh, thrust to the first lay of the Nine Hells, what sort of magic is that divide? Is it? And uh, there's just these scattered conversations that you are able to pick up as you look around. Mal, this cacophony of noise just around you, and Zaza crouches down down on your shoulder, just sort of like uh, trying to shield themselves. The attendant calls for order. Order! Order! One at a time. If you have questions, you can direct them to the, the speaker on the floor, to Leo Sim. And everybody sorts uh, uh, to simmer down. Um, but uh, there's a furbolg that at the very top, who uh, actually, not the top, at the uh, near the, the bottom here, uh, stands up and uh, clutches their staff and reaches out and points to you. I mean, like, what proof and information do you have, little one, that can describe that they're trying to bring back her from the Nine Hells? Why, I have the words of the one who wore these very robes. And I will pull out the notes that Mondath had written and the letter that she had written that she was going to send to Resmir. A communication from one of the lower members of the organization to Resmir, who we slew as well within Neverwinter. Leosin goes, yes, and um, the, all of these notes have been verified, not only by the Harper organization, but myself personally. We have, had, we have checked, rechecked, looked over there, um, read a massive amount of bad poetry to decipher their clues and to get the true nature of these notes. Rest assured, this information does come from the cult itself and has been verified by veritable sources outside of these adventurers and myself. Fleetball, I'm going to have you roll. You can have it be <laughs> performance or persuasion. 
but I will let you do it with advantage with your wings and these sources really backing you up. There we go. You got this sport. That does happen to be an 11. Okay, sounds good. With advantage? 11. Yeah, that was with advantage. That was with advantage, um, yes. So, an average response. There's still some hemming. There's still some hawing. There's still some uh, people who are uh, yelling in disbelief and be like, The cult hasn't changed their, their, their patterns for, for centuries. Why would they change now? And Oh, well, then why would I ask? And I will reach into my satchel and pull out the red wizard robes. Are they working with the wizards of Fae? And I will throw them to the center among all the daggers. It's like a soap opera. <laughs> There's a woman uh, who stands up in the center and she goes, It is well known that the cult of the dragon has worked with Wizards of Thay. There has been intense magic that has been needed to create Dracoliches in the past. That does not mean that that is not necessarily new information. And Leosin goes, uh, Agreed, my lady. Agreed. That has not been new information, but... I have it in confidence that this wizard, Rathmodar, was recently ostracized by the rest of the Wizards of Thay for trying to perform something so audacious and so outside the realm of the organization of the Wizards of Thay. Not only them, but he points to the rest of them, uh, to the rest of the crowd. But there is an entire sect of the Wizards of Thay that has been ostracized as well. And this robe belonging to Rath Modar was just merely one of them in that sect. Information is sparse granted of why they were ostracized, but we can theorize if they were ostracized from that exclusive organization itself. Wouldn't, with that information that the cult is approaching a new tactic, a new goal, you would say, wouldn't that raise some of our eyebrows without this statement from our friend here alone? And there seems that seems to appease the crowd slightly here. And he looks at um, Leosin, whispers to you, Flippo, and goes, "Thank you for stepping in. Um, we have some momentum here. Uh, is there? I, I'd like to bring out the eggs in particular from the hatchery. Do you find that wise to bring out now or um, at a, a separate point of the conversation?" Uh, I am running so, so low on ideas for what to say to these people, so let's, let's go for All it. Right. All right, yes. Um, if you feel that you need to step down as well, feel free. I'd, I'd, you don't have to be caught down here with your wings uh, unfurled if, if you don't wish so, if so to speak, you know. Um, but I, I'll bring the eggs out and you can you can stay if you wish. We have further evidence here that not, in addition to what Fleeple has brought, uh, a servant of Bahamut has brought out and presented to the council. We have any points to the very top. A woman stands up and with a few other individuals brings a crate down. We have the further proof that not only these adventurers, the Jenk Squad, did go to the caldera with me, but have those words verified with proof of an item brought from that caldera. It appeared that Mondath was looking over these dragon eggs and some people whisper at that as well as these dragon eggs are brought down from the steps tier by tier by tier to the bottom these eggs which are alive and well and um they appear to be unhatched currently these were left in a hatchery in the caldera and mondath 
uh, was charged by the worm speaker Resmir to watch over these eggs and to ensure that they hatched were brought to fruition so that these dragon younglings could then serve and bring about the cult of the dragon's purposes as well. At that, there appears to be uh, a nun You can see this standing in the middle. There is a distinct shift in some of the people in the stands. The Emerald Enclave, in earnestness, they seem to lean forward and look at the eggs and sort of like nod their head approvingly that the eggs were brought and in fact, with that in mind, that same elf stands and goes, The Emerald Enclave, and points to you directly, Fleeple, honors your decision uh, to preserve life and to bring it forth rather than to destroy it when it could have been perceived as evil. And so they bow their head towards you, uh, Fleeple, directly. Uh, while another organization, the Lord's Alliance, somebody wearing their banner stands up and goes, um, it's quite dangerous, I would say, to allow dragon eggs, especially those of the chromatic kind, to um, exist and survive. Um, the Lord's Alliance would have preferred if you had destroyed them on the spot and brought us word that they had been destroyed. Ah, yes, yes, certainly. To return to my friend here, preserving life when it could have been destroyed as being perceived as evil. Tell me, friend. Do you perceive me as evil? Boom! Goes the dynamite! (laughs) (laughs) I believe someone should be uh, judged by their actions, of course, as we all have been judged by our organization's actions and the contribution we've had on Faerun. But I must admit... Tell me, then, what actions have these eggs committed that is of such great offense to you? Well... And another person of the Lord's Alliance stands up and goes... What I believe my colleague was trying to say is that these eggs could have very easily been um, swayed towards evil as good. And although the Lord's Alliance does prefer to um, err on the side of caution regarding evil or creatures of power being allowed to grow in unrighteous power, we recognize these eggs being brought forth now present no harm to us currently. And the first individual nods their head vigorously as they uh, have just been covered, so to speak, by their other colleague of the Lord's Alliance, while this more in-control member seems to have sat down and uh, allowed the conversation to continue. At this point, the woman who, one of the women who attended the eggs down to the ground, she steps up and she starts to speak. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen... As you all know me, my name is Remy Haventry. I am the head of the Harper organization. And not only do I confirm and support all that has been said by Lewison, and the newest member, and points to you, Fleeple, a Fleeple, I wish to continue on this line of reasoning. The words of Lewison and Fleeple should be enough to cause concern for each of our organizations and for the land of Faerun in general. But as most of you have known that my husband recently pe- passed, I have withheld information until this time for reasons which I hope are apparent, but which has brought me to not only encourage this investigation by Eliusen and others in my organization, but which has backed the entire Harper organization to seeing the Cult of the Dragon dismantled, or at the very least disrupt in their current goal. My husband, 
a masked lord of Waterdeep. And at that, there's a just silence at that phrase alone. Did not die naturally, but was assassinated in our very home, in his very chambers. And she pulls out of her cloak a fifth dagger matching almost exactly the four that had been thrown on the floor by the cult of the dragon themselves. And this dagger, it is same shape, same design, but there is blood that is still caked onto the the blade itself. It appears that um, Remy has not cleaned this dagger. Uh, I have left the dagger untouched, relatively untouched, for anybody who wishes, who doubts my words and wishes to test, to investigate. But this is indeed my husband's blood, as he was murdered. This organization, this cult, has grown more ambitious as the years have gone on, but more ambitious within the months that have led to our meeting here today. We know that they are more active on this side of Faerun, but them brazenly murdering a Lord of Waterdeep is just further evidence of how far they will go, and they will not stop until their goal is achieved. They will not rest until they have achieved their vision. And as my organization has discovered, they do indeed plan to bring back Tiamat to this plane of existence. With Fleepel and Leosin's words, they had a lot of weight, and but there was discussion that ensued. With this woman's words, the head of the Harpers speaking so definitively and so passionately, there is utter silence for a good moment. As this whole thing has been going on, Lance, keenly aware of possible infiltration because he's never trusting, as we just established, he wants to be checking constantly for tells of anybody in this room tell i mean obviously there's interest there's anger we've seen those things but tells of specific almost again sinister motives of possible people in here either potentially zentarum infiltrators cult infiltrators someone who seems to be not like when she brought out the dagger and everyone's like oh, oh like someone who possibly is like almost not reacting in the same way so that it could be like, oh, maybe this person like was like, yeah, I already knew we did that because I'm a part of that. This is a full room of 85 people. Yes. I will allow the roll, but the DC will be very high. Okay. And it will be a perception check, not an investigation check. Well, I was going to say insight because I'm trying to determine the insight of people's Insight faces. I will allow as well. Yeah. That is a non-natural 20. That's Ooh. good. That is good. You are, your eyes are peeled and you were looking at the audience everywhere. You're trying to look behind you as well because as I mentioned, this room is circular and you can't have your back against the wall to where everybody's visible, unfortunately, but you do have a good view of most of the room. And as you're looking around, there appear to be, as I mentioned previously, eager faces, solemn faces. 
there's some that are angry. Um, and they've been shifting throughout the entire conversation. With your insight, and this may be like no-duh information, but I feel like it's important to point out that as Flaple is saying a lot of the this stuff and um, the Harpers are laying things out, every single action seems to have a mixed reaction with the audience. For instance, the eggs, the Emerald Enclave, was appreciative and almost like proud that the eggs were preserved while the Lord's Alliance made their displeasure known. Every decision seems to be affecting some people in a good way and others in a negative way. And it doesn't seem possible that every single person can be satisfied or fulfilled with the minute details. But with your insight, of a non-natural 20. As the silence pervades this room, you can see a resolve coming over almost every single face that you are looking at. Some of the resolve is quite strong. Some of it's like, yeah, okay, we're gonna do this. And others are like, okay, I I know which way the room is gonna vote type of a situation. So you see all ranges. You don't see anybody who's like, all crap that was me or like gleeful at the when they're talking about the cult's goals and plans you just see that firm resolve coming amongst over every single organization of okay the weight of the harpers the thorough research the investigation and the actions of the jank squad appear to have made a significant impact on this council at this point in time. The king speaks up. I think I speak for the room. Remy, when we not only share our condolences and our sadness for the loss of your dear husband, but we also understand the gravity of the situation. As always, the Harpers are meticulous and very thorough in their investigation, which for someone as myself who doesn't have a lot of time to go over the details of a given situation thoroughly, I appreciate wholeheartedly. Uh, Onthar Froom stands up, actually, who you realize, oh, there's Onthar Froom. He goes, the Order of the Gauntlet also has been working with the Harpers for just a little bit now, and we can confirm some of the results, rather some of the activity we've seen of the cultists, how it has changed and uh, altered drastically. Why, they're even grabbing uh, youths from some of the major, uh, some of the major cities. Waterdeep, Neverwinter, Baldur's Gate. These cities have um, uh, individuals who would never even uh, dare look at the cult, willing and speaking and talking to them. Something has changed, and I for one believe, the Harpers, that there is something that must be done. Well, says the king, I believe that we should hold a vote then to see, to form a coalition determined to bring down the cult of the dragon, or at the very least stop their current plan and goals in its tracks. The attendant who began the meeting. I call for a vote from those in this in the hall. Anyone present is able to cast their vote. The vote is simple. 
to form a coalition to bring down the cult or stop them from their current goals. The goal being defined as bringing back Tiamat herself to this plane of existence. All those in favor with the eye condition, raise your hands. And Lance is, Lance is not going to raise his hand, but Lance is doing one more time. The reason why is he doesn't want to be distracted at all. He is trying to do one more big insight to see anybody giving any more signs of, even with their hands being raised, of any hesitations, if that's possible. Go and roll another insight. I'll continue on in my description while you uh, get those results. There are a good 67 hands that are raised. Now, mind you, I said that there were 85 total in the chamber, so not everybody has raised in the affirmative. The votes have been tallied. 67 in favor of aye. For all of those who wish to say nay against the current line of action. And there are eight people who raise their hands. Most of them do appear to be from the Lord's Alliance, but there is one from the Emerald Enclave, one from the Order of the Gauntlet, and the rest appear to be from the uh, Lord's Alliance, but one of them is the Attendant of the King. Not the one who's ca- calling the votes, but the other one who hasn't spoken, who hasn't um, spoken up or uh, drawn attention to themselves. They raise their hand. And the king looks over to them and sort of just like purses his lips and doesn't say anything. The vote has been tallied for the nay condition. 67 I, 8 nay. The vote has been passed. A coalition has now been formed. This meeting represents that coalition although representatives may be called we consider the following organizations part of that coalition the harpers organization the order of the gauntlet the emerald enclave and the lord's alliance in addition with the nobility of waterdeep led by the king himself this coalition has passed at that Leosin pipes up and goes, We thank you, thank you, for voting in this coalition. There is much to be done, and we can discuss this more in depth as we break off into um, various groups, meetings, and I'm sure we will have, this will be the one of many councils to come uh, until we can get this resolved, but... The Harpers have identified a few orders of business, lines of business we can do to stop or try to prevent the cult in the immediate future while we continue to investigate, or rather, in the actual investigation of how we can stop the uh, Cult of the Dragon in their plans. One. And he's going to list some of the things that he's discovered that he shared with you and others that he has not shared with you. I'm going to break out of Leeson's voice just so my players here can truly understand what is being proposed here. One, there is uh, the rumors that have been talked about of the white worm speaker going off. And although they are only rumors, word is that they are trying to get the white dragon mask back and trying to find them. Now, as I mentioned previously to you, Varum, I believe I said their name was, has been spotted in a northern location um, and so Leosin pipes up, if we wish to possibly find the white dragon mask, or at the very least, capture, kill, whatever the council decides, this coalition decides, uh, worm speaker, 
for the Court of the Dragon, similar to what the Jank Squad did to Resmia, creating a power vacuum destabilizing their goals. I feel that could be a worthwhile endeavor. So that is a possibility for not only the Coalition to take on, but possibly the Jank Squad, if it falls to them or they deem it necessary. Along those same lines, however, we also have word of the Greenworm Speaker, Neron Vane, and uh, I could defer to the Emerald Enclave who brought the attention to me, actually. Um, they have recently launched a number of attacks into the Misty Forest, which the Emerald Enclave has taken notice and has tried to not only prevent but rebuff and try to fix on their own. A different individual, uh, a dwarf, stands up and goes, Aye, and it'd be, it'd be right helpful if somebody could help uh, could step in, maybe uh, help us out, as we've been trying to uh, <laughs> sacrifice a lot of our resources to take care of it ourselves. Yes, yes, of course. Um, we know that they have been working with a green dragon themselves, however, in these raids. So um, we could go after them and possibly destroy, de destroy one of the chromatic dragons that is are openly devoted to the cause of bringing Tiamat back in addition to the Green One speaker. It could be a two birds, one stone situation there. And um, at that, a woman raises her hand, a sort of diminutive woman, uh, meekly, and goes, uh, Excuse me, Leosin, Master Leosin, may, might I share some information? that might be of use or of beneficial to the coalition? Uh, uh, yes, of course. Um, please step up. Uh, your name? Ah, yes, I am um, uh, Lady Darla Silmer Helf. Ah, yes, Lady Silmer Helf. Silmer Helf, please. Uh, Silmer Helf, step up uh, and share your information as it, uh, if it is appropriate. Um, thank you. She is very small. She is a halfling. Very well-dressed as she is a lady, but she is very meek and it is almost hard to hear her. Um, she steps up to the platform in the center there. And as she looks around and goes, ah, well, um, I apologize for interrupting, but as the coalition has been formed and there is um, some actions that might be decided here and now, I wish to propose uh, a third option or rather some additional information which could present a third option here. I, I don't know if uh, you all were able to feel it, but not one hour ago there was a profound silence that swept the land and caused my very bones to stir, and as I chatted with others and confirmed my results, that was by no accident. It was by magical means that that had occurred, and I have information which... I unfortunately cannot share how I know this information, which please forgive me for that. I cannot share in, in the confirmed information as well as the Harpers have as she looks back and she sheepishly looks toward the Harpers. But that profound silence was a result of a magic item being sounded across all of Faerun. Um, the item in question uh, has been called many names in many tongues but is not foreign to Waterdeep, and it was the the dracorn that had been sounded. Immediately, one of the, a human female mage, she stands up. The dracorn? Did you say the dracorn? Is, did I hear you correctly down there? Uh, yes, I, I did. 
The Jackhorn hasn't been seen in centuries. How do you know this information? I, I, I apologize, and I do not wish to offend or um, bring uh, any ire down upon me or my house, but I, I cannot share that information. I just happen to know that that is a result of the Jackhorn. The king steps into the conversation. Please, ladies, I, I appear to be at some sort of loss, and I apologize for this. Please, would you just mind describing to me what the Drakhorn is and the significance of that? And before Silmerhelv is able to uh, step in, the female mage stand, uh, who stand up, she goes, The Drakhorn has been uh, a source of speculation and uh, rumors for centuries, my dear king. It is said and has been confirmed that when it was initially created, it was to call all dragons to it for a united cause. It is heard by the chromatic dragons uh, and only them, them can hear it. But regardless of where they are, their status, their age, and wherever they may reside, they hear the call of the horn itself but it isn't, hasn't been seen for centuries, as I have stated. A, a reason why I wish to uh, bring that up, I do believe that that is what we all felt. The Drakhorn sending its call to all chromatic dragons across the con continent. Now, um, I feel that if we could find the source of that, or at least an expert on that, we might be able to... Um, uh, identify a little bit more of, of what we can glean from the corpse of the dragon. And this mage, the female mage, uh, sits, has sat back down, and she is talking furiously amongst her comrades there. Let's jump to Jacob, uh, rather Lance, and your roll for your insight. What was it? I have not touched my dice tray since. Okay. It is a natural 20. <gasps> Ooh, baby. With a total of 27. For insight. 27. As you look around, not only in this conversation, but previous conversations, you're peering behind you and you're peering around and you see those that didn't raise their hands at all. Well, you, the first thing is who raised their hands in the negative? And as you look at all of them, you're able to be like, mm, no, no, it's too obvious. Why would they raise their hand? Nay. Why would they do that if they really were part of the cult of the dragon? No. But you think about those that didn't raise their hand, and you seek some of those people out. And there is one individual in particular who you're able to single out. Very plain clothing. And uh, they are seem to be twiddling a small stick or cane in their hand, if you will. It's very small. But they almost, uh, they're just like lackadaisically, hmm looking around almost bored but you're like why didn't they vote and as you as you watch them during all of the proceedings of the new information you just focus in on them for five minutes and you're like i'm going to study them for the entire while new information's coming out although they're giving off this air of indifference every single piece of information that is being shared they're turning they're noting. They're jotting quick notes on a piece of paper. They're, they're looking to see who shares opinions. And you say to yourself, they know more than they let on. They are not. They're trying to put on an air of front. And you need to investigate why. Which group are they sitting with? They are actually not sitting with a particular group. They just are kind of like, there are some like obvious groups. But there are some people who are just sitting scattered. 
Like some people have friends in the Emerald Enclave and they're sitting next to somebody in the Order of the Gauntlet and vice versa. But they are displaying a pin of the Order of the Gauntlet is what you can see. But they have a very lithe figure. They're not in like heavy armor, but you're like, I need to follow them, so to speak. We go back with this information being uh, presented to Lance. We go back. Uh, they've wrapped up and Leosin's saying, well, it appears that we have a third option here um, that we could investigate and that we can look at as well. Two of them, as they currently stand, are um, we can go after uh, either the worm speaker for the white dragons, the worm speaker for the green dragons, or we could investigate uh, the dracon and uh, possibly an expert on this. Um, and at that, they say, I, I, uh, I think it'd be best to break the coalition, uh, and if we could call upon uh, maybe our separate groups to focus in on one of these, let's, let's all remain here and just speak amongst our organizations for the time being, and then maybe we can all come up with our own ideas of what we all could take on to help out. And with that, the coalition quote-unquote breaks, but nobody leaves. Everybody is just kind of like starts chattering, and Leosin comes over to you, the Jank Squad, and is go and is uh, chatting with you and goes, "All right, well, um, this has gone quite well, I would say, a lot better with uh, once Fleeple stepped in here and helped me out and Lance your articulation and of course, and uh, not only is Leosin here, but Remy and the other members of the Harpers are have walked over to you as well, so you're with." the members of the organization of the Harpers. And Leosin just sort of like uh, looks at each of you and goes, well, uh, what do you think? I mean, if all of the dragons are going to that Drakhorn thing, that sounds pretty dangerous, but also that sounds like a pretty exciting, like powerful magic item that's kind of really cool. This whole time Lance has not taken his eyes off of that individual. Yep. And they're chatting with some other members of like the Order of the Gauntlet, but that's about it. They're not moving. So Leosin goes, "Uh, yes, as, as the strike team. I wanted to give you a sort of first picks. And he looks over to Remy, the leader of the Harper organization. The Jank Squad. Without you, we wouldn't have as much information as we have, and to that we are entirely indebted. If you're willing, which I feel you are, we wish to give you the first choice of which mission you would like to take. So we ask you, plead with you, which one of these three do you wish to take on? And with this decision hanging in the air, the three of you looking, glancing at each other, Lance not taking your eye off this individual. We're going to end this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. Ooh, baby. No, don't stop there. Let's keep going. <laughs> we gotta stop. Yes, we We've do. got to give it our players time to think. The suspense. Think on their own. I mean, there's I'm... our there are major decisions that are associated and con- possible consequences with each of these, just like there are with any decision. I'm already pretty committed. I mean, last time we had a choice between following a caravan or going to a very obviously dangerous ghost dragon. 
this time around, I, I like the obviously dangerous big old group of dragons that's been summoned by this magical horn. <laughs> well, we'll have to see what the um, Jank Squad decide with the members of the Harper's organization. Is there additional information they don't know that will help sway their decision? You'll find out next time on I Cast Fireball. Players, thank you so much for joining Ned, Jacob, and Mickey. But you listeners... Thank you for joining us as we are diving into this diplomatic negotiations are pretty much done. But as we are diving into the nuts and bolts of where we're going to be going for not only the next part of the Jank Squad, but for the podcast to see what you will be able to um, see. Uh, if you'd like to uh, chime in on what you would like to see have happen, shoot us an email at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com or shoot us a message on our uh, social media web there at iCastFireball20 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. What would you like to see the Jinx Squad? Which of these three? Where, where do you want to see them go and do? And we'll see if you're uh, if you line up with what they have decided to go along with. So we wanted to uh, give a shout out to some people here who have reached out to us via our email or social media pages. We've got somebody who reached out to us. Um, their name is Tyler. Tyler reached out and said that uh, they don't usually reach out uh, but for any sort of, sort of media that they consume, but they want to thank us as they are relatively new to D&D. Um, Stranger Things is what really got them interested in it, which I think got a lot of people interested initially. And they've been able to scratch the itch by watching Critical Role and creating up 50 to 60 characters that they'll probably never play. Tyler, that's a real struggle. I, I can relate to that wholeheartedly. Um, you should listen to any Crunch Squad episode I'm on where I want to play a monk or any other character that I talk about with Ned. They want to try out Storm King's Thunder, which I highly recommend. That is a beautiful adventure. I go go try it out. It is so fantastic. But lastly, they really enjoyed our Crunch Squad deep dive episode in the monk class, and they are wondering if we can try an artificer crunch squad episode so we'll have to see if we can work that into our schedule with ned and uh see if we can get that over to tyler in the next little bit here but thank you so much for reaching out tyler is great hearing from you uh wanted to give a shout out to our sister podcast speaking of ned who is the gm keeper uh, for all of the adventures they've got going on there. They have many one-month adventure fate accelerated campaigns that they've got a whole year's worth of backlog. They have the first season of their Avatar Legends campaign which is fantastic and they just started their season 2 Blades in the Dalfei campaign which is an Avatar themed blades in the dark ttrpg it's fantastic it's beautiful there's a lot of there's there's some shenanigans but there's also some very good crunchy rules and meat that to have there so go check it out if you were looking into not only new ttrpgs but a new podcast and don't forget to leave them a five-star review as well lastly don't forget to like subscribe and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers but until next time i'm thomas your dm and around the table we have malamara lance thalen and fleeple Let's keep that fire going, everybody, and we'll see you all next time.